Hello, and welcome to episode number 145 of the Northern Miner podcast. I'm this week's host, Adrian Pocabelli, the online editor for the Northern Miner. And my role is to keep the website as exciting as possible for all you mining aficionados out there. And I also help run the social media. And uh, yeah, we have a lot going on. We have some interesting articles. We launched TNM Leaders feature for subscribers where we interview some of the top mining executives in the mining industry. We're pretty happy with the response so far. We're offering, uh, even though it's for subscribers, we're offering a free preview uh, to everybody. And you get Sean Boyd from Agnico Eagle, uh, Ira Thomas from Lucara Diamond, and you get Nolan Watson from Sandstorm Gold Royalties. It's kind of nice about them is they're not too long and... It's just a very nice way to, it's another angle on this industry that we rarely see. I mean, when you have a, traditionally, as we all know, when you interview the CEO as a media company, it's all about dollars and cents. And in this case, we are looking more at character. And really, what is the character? Who are the people? What kind of people build these companies or run these companies and how, what for them is their operating philosophy to, to have a successful business as well as personal life? Um, because as we, both, as, as we all know, these things go hand in hand. If you sacrifice your personal life or your business life, this is not a long-term strategy. And so, yeah, so it's, it's a really interesting way of hearing what we don't often hear or asking and finding out about what we might not think of asking even if you're talking to a mining executive. So we recommend you check that out. It's pretty fun and interesting. And uh, yeah, it's fresh. So that's northernminer.com slash TNM leaders. If you're looking for it as well, you can find it on the social media. If you just scroll through, say our Twitter feed, You'll see I've been posting, uh, and as well as our marketing guy, Maladin, who's a great guy, we've been posting uh, little previews of the first interviews. So that's a nice, easy way. Or if you go to our Facebook, or if you go to our LinkedIn, or even our Instagram, we give a link. There's the classic link in bio. You just click on that, and it'll take you right to the TNM Leaders page. Looking at the website, we have quite a bit going on here, particularly for late July. I highly recommend our commentary on revisiting the London Gold Pool. That was quite fascinating. The author of that was suggesting that we are accidentally going towards a new gold standard. And so it's provocative, interesting, not your typical gold bug narrative type stuff. Just sort of showing how the, a lot of the Eastern countries are really amping up their gold buying. We also have a fireweed zinc site visit. Trish Saywell, our acting editor-in-chief and senior reporter, visited the Yukon, and so she talks about this quite large Macmillan Pass project that fireweed zinc is working on, so we have a full site visit there. Now we have the barrack and sweetening its bid for acacia that looks like that's going to happen and so they already had a stake and they, they're going to take a larger stake actually they're going to take over the whole company but it looks like everything's approved at first the board was not impressed and then barrack sweetened the offer and then it looks like everything's going to go through 
And we also have a base metal snapshot. So there's a nice opportunity, another survey of what's going on with base metals around the world. We have a geology corner written by our former reporter, Leslie Stokes, which is just a fascinating history of where many of the deposits that host the world's base metals might come from. And we also have a big metals commentary on zinc sentiment turning bearish. Zinc was a pretty hot metal about two years ago. It did really well, went up quite high, and in the last year it hasn't done so well. And so a lot of the zinc investors, their hearts have finally been broken, as often happens in these bull markets turn bare. Their hearts finally get broken after a year of thinking that it's going to keep going up, and it just keeps going down. So sentiment is turned bearish, and we have a nice little commentary there where we hear from the banks, and yeah, it doesn't sound great, but we'll see. It doesn't sound horrible either, but that ultimately, you know, I think we have a guy from one, one of the banks who basically says the bull run is over, you know, so worth a, a visit if you're a zinc investor or just interested in the cyclicality of these juniors in general. This podcast is brought to you by the Yukon Mining Alliance. That's a group of juniors with mines and advanced projects in the Yukon. You can check out their website at yukonminingalliance.ca and their Twitter feed at investyukon. But before we hear from Steve Letwin, we have a sponsored segment that we call a Mining Minute. Now we have the fourth and final in a series of Mining Minute sponsored segments by Sandvik. We continue with Peter Corcoran. He's the vice president of Sandvik Mining and Rock Technology Canada. He talks about Sandvik's efforts with R&D and gives us an example of Sandvik operating in Canada with client Barrick Gold at their Hemlo mine in Ontario. But there's an awful lot going on from the supplier side. There's an awful lot of R&D being done. Sandvik alone in 2018, we put close to half a billion dollars in R&D, predominantly around uh, electrification of our equipment. And here you can see where we've actually got some between new tracks and Sandvik, where we have this fleet of equipment and non-Sandvik equipment now delivering data and giving more visibility, obviously, to the businesses of our customers. I wanted to just bring up some of the customers, and it was interesting that Mark's not here now, but I, I'm sure his, his team in Hemlo, where he visited a few months back, would be very pleased to, for us to mention about their success. The uh, Barrack Hemlo mine has been uh, in operation for 26 years, but since 2007, they really introduced automation into Canada. They, we have three automated trucks operating underground since 2007, and three automated chutes and two automated rock breakers, and all operated by one man. So you can see, you know, this message, I think, is a little stealthy in the Canadian segments, and we, we need to get this out into the industry because uh, that mine is operating predominantly because of this transfer level, and Mark knows that, and then actually we're now involved in the next level of drill automation, which will bring more quality to the mine. But some staggering numbers, as you can see, 53% of all mine tons handled through the automine system in the last three years. It's an amazing achievement by the mine. I will advise that as we are designing these mines, please don't chintz on the infrastructure. You need to put the technology and the infrastructure in place 
prior to the design of the mine. It gets a lot more expensive when we start doing it after the design of the mine. So let's keep technology at the forefront and uh, we look forward to working with you in the near future. We'll take a small musical break and come back with our featured segment with I Am Gold President and CEO Steve Letwin. He will be introduced by the publisher of The Northern Miner, Anthony Vaccaro. Just as we had uh, Peter come up after our opening panel discussion to give us a bit more of a deep dive on Yamana, now it's Steve's turn. So, um, yeah, listen, we are, I Am Gold's been the subject of the rumor mill lately, Steve. There's getting a lot of coverage there and there's a lot of buzz around the company, so I'm sure you have a lot of uh, very curious ears to get more insight. Thank you. Well, thank you, and like others, uh, it's been a, it's a pleasure to be here. Quite uh, excited to see Canada House. I was quite impressed. Compliment to our our country. This is a picture of the road that we're building in uh, in Suriname. It's a road that extends from our uh, Rosabelle Mill to our uh, large deposit at Saramaca that we announced about two years ago. We have 1.5 million ounces, uh, average grade of about 2.2 grams a ton. And so uh, we'll, we'll be reaching the concession by the uh, fourth quarter. We'll be producing gold from Saramaca, moving the ore into the mill, so 23 kilometers from the mill. So this will uh, change our Rosabelle operation dramatically. I was just there last week, spent the week on site. It's really a great discovery for the company and uh, accolades to our our people at Rosabelle and the uh, explorationists at I Am Gold. So we had a panel discussion this morning and uh, might have a little different view than uh, uh, my colleague in that I, I really do think we need to listen to our customers uh, and what they're saying. And our customers right now are the markets. And right now, I don't think there is a good understanding that we as miners have of the markets. We seem to be perplexed. We seem to be struggling with why we're undervalued. And this hasn't just been going on for a year. This has been going on now for eight years. So it's not like it's a recent phenomenon. We need to deal with reality, as I said this morning. Uh, we need the markets. In order to replace our reserves, we need to raise money. And this year has been the worst year in over a decade in terms of our ability to raise equity. And the markets need us, because eventually we do need 
the markets to understand that the markets will make money off the fact that our reserves have depleted. We need to re replace our reserves and we do need to get our product to market. And I did talk this morning about relativity and we really, fortunately or not, we are a rounding error in the market. Um, Microsoft, almost a trillion dollars alone in the top 10 gold miners, 121 billion. In fact, Newmont Gold Corp, which is the largest gold mine, gold company in the world, is ranked 653rd in the world. And in terms of North America, about 300. So it gives you some perspective on where we sit and maybe the idea of the potential of where we can go. But the money has not been coming into our sector. Again, back to the idea of why and what we need to do. We really do need to look at the self-funding model. We really do need to look at generating enough free cash flow to cover our capital, to cover our expenses in this interim time frame because we aren't going to get it from the markets. So free cash flow is the theme of the day. It's something that we need to focus on. It makes it very challenging for juniors, juniors being the source of reserves for many mid-tiers and majors over the years. It makes it very tough for them to go out and raise money. Even flow-through funds today are challenging and create reserves that many of the mid-tiers and majors have been able to acquire over time and juniors have benefited over time. But I think you, you would agree that with almost 300 junior mining companies in Canada today and uh, 17 mid-tier companies in a shrinking pool of capital, this becomes quite challenging. So people right now, our customers, our market, if you will, really want minimal debt, lots of free cash flow, dividends, high IRs, fast paybacks. In other words, they want everything. And they really aren't interested in companies that are going to be asking for money, aren't creating free cash flow, and are borrowing money. And whether we like it or not, and we've got John Reed here from uh, the World Gold Council, who I have the deepest respect for. This man is outstanding and a great addition to the World Gold Council. I really enjoy, really enjoy him. He, will, he, at some time, if he isn't speaking here, can give you a good perspective on where gold is going. But right now, gold has been sitting at an average of $1,250 for the last seven years. And so we have a bit of fatigue. As I said this morning, investors want this low capital-intensive cash-producing asset and just keep producing cash, pay me a dividend, please, and don't ask me for any money. And that's where it drives you to projects that make sense. And we have had a bad run. We've had marginal projects. We've destroyed capital. And of the trillion dollars we've raised, we've actually written off almost 30% of it in the last 10 years. And if you're an investor that, if that would have put a trillion dollars in the S&P, that would be worth $2.77 today. So where would you put your money? 
based on that performance. You wouldn't put it in the gold equities. So we do need to change. To stand up here and say that we've been doing it right would be disingenuous. And I'm Gold needs to change. I'm Gold needs to get better. I'm Gold needs to deliver better returns. If we don't, we will continue not being able to raise money. And uh, for I'm Gold, we have this, what I believe is this fantastic project in Northern Ontario called Cote, 13 million ounces, six kilometers off the highway, low grade bulk tonnage. We didn't even announce it, we inferred that we were going to potentially go ahead with it, and we got slaughtered in the marketplace. Our shareholders said, you are not building that mine. Simple. And guess what? We're not building that mine. And when we said we weren't, the stock went back up again. So you do have to listen to your customers, and you do have to listen to the market, and it makes a difference. And if you don't, they will kill you, and you will not be around. So they really don't easily forgive. And this is something that we need to do in the gold space. We need to get better. We need to get better organized. And we are, in many respects, asking for forgiveness. Please come back. Please come back and invest in our industry. And we need to get back to basics. Mining properly, mining high rate of return projects, creating free cash flow, and then maybe, maybe we can build again. Because we have to get back to basics and demonstrate that we can do it. Crawl, walk, then you can run. And this just gives you some perspective. What if X I, I love this slide because, you know, I'm, I'm a mathematician by training. Spent a lot of time in oil and gas. I'm a commercial guy. I'm not a, a geologist or engineer, but I believe reasonable commercial person. But since 2004, gold has actually done well. If you bought gold. The S&P has done even better. Look what the GDX has done. Should this be a surprise to us that we're struggling with raising money? It shouldn't be. Look what's happening. 2016, 2017, great years. 2016, IM Gold was the number one performer on the TSX. 2017, number three. I, I was CEO of the year, which now as I see as a curse. Whenever you get voted that, don't accept the award. The next year, you're the, you're the worst performer. Not quite, it was third, but now this year, not good. But look at what's happened. And this includes both common and flow through shares. My good friend here, from Pear Tree, good friends who hosted dinner last night. Uh, unbelievable people in terms of raising flow-through funds. They've done a great job for us. They will tell you that things have gotten tougher. And you can see that 2019 just isn't looking really good for any of us. 
The other thing that's changing is we're seeing a lot more passive investors versus active investors. And passive investors and capital-intensive businesses do not go well together. Do you know what a passive investor is? They're driven by quantitative measurements, algorithmic fund traders. They really don't care about you. They care about what they can do during the day on a high-frequency trade. So 35% of IM Gold stock is held by passive fund indexes that when they wake up in the morning, they're either going to go long or short on us every day. Something like Cote doesn't make any sense to them. And so during this time, short-term returns cash flow become even more relevant. We've also become much more risk-averse geographically. When I started in the business, West Africa was loved. 2010, 2011, we have mines in West Africa. This gives you some idea of where the mines have been built lately. Look at Australia, look at Canada, look at the USA, look at West Africa. A lot more sensitivity to geography which also impacts where capital is going. I think Mark Bristow and John Thornton did a great deal. I know my colleague may have had a different view this morning in terms of the necessity for consolidation. I'm not going to disagree with him in terms of saying bigger isn't necessarily better. I don't necessarily think bigger has to be better either. But listen, there are too many of us in a shrinking capital pool. It happened in the oil and gas business. This deal that Rangold and Barrick was good for the industry. And it needs to be repeated. And now that it's happened at the major level, I strongly believe it needs to happen at the mid-tier level. There are too many mid-tier gold companies in a shrinking capital market. So there needs to be more consolidation, and the market is telling us that. They applauded both those deals. So that will come, and you do hear the rumors about us, and I'll tell you why you hear the rumors. You hear the rumors because we have added more reserves in the last three years than any other mid-tier company. We've gone from under 7 million ounces to almost 20 million ounces of proven reserves. So we become a very attractive target for companies that want to replace reserves at a very low rate value. It's math. And it is a time for consolidation. So yes, we are a target. Mathematically, we have to be a target. And if the gold price does move because the U.S. dollar weakens, and there's only one reason the gold price will go up in my mind. John Reed, who I said I have the deepest respect for, may have multiple reasons. I have one reason, the U.S. dollar. If the U.S. dollar weakens, the gold story becomes more positive. If the U.S. dollar continues to be strong, we will continue to be in a range-bound trading area, which will force more consolidation. 
I'm not being negative about gold. I've been in it nine years. I love it. I'm the largest independent shareholder of I Am Gold. Nobody can tell me I don't believe in my company. Nobody can tell me I don't believe in gold. But you have to deal with facts. And unless this U.S. dollar weakens, the gold price will not strengthen. Peak gold talked about that this morning. I thought it was going to happen a while ago. Doesn't look like it. Record year last year. A lot of that time coming from the fact that we simply are seeing more near-term expiration and more gold being produced, 109 million ounces. When I started, we were at 87. So a lot of gold being produced. And yes, we hope demand will improve, but that demand will be tied to this U.S. dollar. And we are seeing optimism. Russia, China, trying to get off the U.S. dollar because the U.S. is using their dollar as a weapon. Trump is doing everything he can for America. Do you think China and Russia like the U.S. dollar? I would use the word hate. Anything they can do to get off the U.S. dollar, they're doing, and you're seeing it happen. So yes, there is optimism that maybe this U.S. dollar starts to weaken. Hopefully that happens soon. China official reserves growing significantly. They believe in gold. But you know, I, I like this scene out of Shawshank Redemption, if you remember the movie, where the guy on my right was convicted of murdering his wife and lover, and he's explaining how bad he's had it because he's being gang raped in prison and a whole bunch of bad things are happening to him. And his partner says, well, you know what? You got all these, this bad shit happening to you, but you better get busy living or get busy dying. And in the gold business, we're getting enough feedback from the market, from our customers, to tell us to get busy living. So we need to get to this self-funded, self-sustaining, safe and profitable model. And that's what we're doing at I Am Gold. Right now, we are cutting... We're focusing on free cash flow. We're focusing on a self-funding model. We've had to let people go. We will continue, unfortunately, to reduce our workforces where necessary. We will continue to focus on productivity. We will continue to focus on the allocation of capital where it matters. We have an extremely strong balance sheet, one of the best in the industry, but if we don't do that, we will lose that advantage. We have over a billion two hundred million in liquidity, but we have to keep that strong. We are one of the leading of the mid-tiers in terms of cash and cash equivalents and in terms of net cash. This is a strength, but unless we get to a self-funded model, it won't remain a strength. I am committed personally. We are committed as a company to make that happen. I stand in front of you and tell you it's happening today. It will happen. Net debt per share, same thing, same metrics. And we have a fantastic pipeline. So we come up in rumors all the time. We have a 
shovel-ready project in Senegal called Bodo. I'm going there on Friday. We have a fantastic project at Cote. 450,000 ounce producer, 25-year mine life, six kilometers off a major highway, surrounded by infrastructure. We had a 1.5 million ounce discovery at Saramaca on a trend line that we believe has five million ounces in Suriname. We have a mine at Sadiola, which has three and a half million ounces of proven reserves. We have a whole list of projects in Quebec, Nelligan, Yorbo, Monster Lake, really strong projects. But it's like the scene off of The Fugitive, right? Where the guy is trying to explain to Tommy Lee Jones, I didn't kill my wife. And he says, I don't care. You remember that? The market doesn't care. What they care about, free cash flow, free cash flow, free cash flow. And until they get off that, that's what we're going to do. We're going to give them free cash flow. And when the market does change and we see this pipeline become valuable again, then what Peter Moroni said this morning will happen. Stocks will rise. And hopefully we don't go back to what we did before and destroy a whole bunch of value. So, great positioning, key themes around performance. Let's get our act together, I am gold. Let's show that we can generate free cash flow, returns to the shareholder, and uh, be the differentiator in terms of being able to do that. Thank you very much. that does it for this episode of the Northern Miner podcast. As always, you can help the podcast by giving us a review or by liking, subscribing, and sharing it online. All these things help raise our profile in the Apple Store and other places on the web. As well, you can always find us online at www.northernminer.com, and you can find us on Twitter at Northern Miner, on Instagram at The Northern Miner, and also on Facebook and LinkedIn. And let's give one last thank you to our longtime podcast sponsor, Yukon Mining Alliance, and our Mining Minute sponsor, Sandvik Mining. That's all for now. Until next time, we hope you have a great week.